So me and the great congressman Peter King, we got these uh, mutual friends, the Haskell family. And they lost a bunch of our relatives in 9-11. And every year, September 10th, they show up with uh, Sal Moglin at that wall in Brooklyn where the Cyclones play. So uh, Haskell just sent me this. He goes, dude, the rest of the news is talking about the Queen. You're the only guy talking about the 9-11 anniversary. That's why we love you, Sid. Thank you. And I can say from experience, when you work in any busy Brooklyn North precinct, we've got a very close relationship with and rely on the FDNY. So the Haskells are appreciating today. We did do some Queen stuff. Rob Shooter was great. In fact, Peter King, set to join me here, he sent me a picture, one of him with Charles, now the King, and one of him with me. And he said, oh, my God, how my life has changed. One day talking to the king, the next day, Sid. <laughs> With that said, wise ass, here he is, the great congressman, my dear friend, Peter King. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Sid. How you doing? Now, you're right, though. I go from the height of royalty to <laughs> Sid from Brooklyn. I mean, Wait you know. A second. This is radio royalty, though, uh, Peter. You know that. <laughs> you're right. I, I, you're right. I, you're right. You no, are no, no. Queen, so. Now, what was that picture from you and uh, Prince Charles? Actually, it was reception at the British Embassy. And just coincidentally, it happened right after bin Laden had been killed. It was about 10 days after the wedding between Prince William and Kate Middleton, and so he was obviously talking about bin Laden and the close relationship with the U.S. and Britain, and then Rosemary started talking about the wedding, and I just saw I got left off to the side uh, talking about, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about uh, weddings or anything. Right. And uh, he was great. He was a really great guy. But Really? Yeah. So your beautiful wife, Rosemary, had a real conversation with now the king of England, a real one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I was just, I was like an afterthought. I was standing there and then talking <laughs> about the wedding, you know. Did you have a chance to I meet know, Queen you know, Elizabeth? I my own wedding. Mind right, exactly. Else. What about over the years? Did you ever meet uh, Queen Elizabeth over the years? Yeah, I did. I met her actually uh, a reception at the British Embassy also. And again, I was surprised by that because, uh, when she arrived. I was there mainly because I'd been involved in the Irish peace process with Tony Blair. So I didn't know how the Queen was going to react to me anyway, you know. I mean, uh, because I was considered pro-Irish, anti-British, and everything else. Right, right. And uh, and also beforehand, they gave us all these rules and regulations. You can't reach out to the Queen. You can't touch her. You can't do this, which is, you know, fine. And, well, and all of a sudden, she comes down, and I thought it was going to be just a, a quick nod. Hey, how are you? Good, very good, Your Majesty. And she stops. She's shaking hands. She's talking. I say it was a good wow. two or three minutes she was talking. Wow. And uh, Now, Prince Philip, in all fairness, he stood like two feet behind her with his hands behind his back. Sort of saying, "Come on, let's get out of here." You know, he didn't seem too enthused about it at all. You yeah. know? So, were you sad yesterday when she passed away? Legitimately? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't want to overdo it. No, I was. I mean, she was a world leader at seventy years. I mean, that's like thirty percent of the time that the U.S. has been a a, a country. Uh, and uh, the fact that she was always able to conduct herself with dignity, and also, as I said, I was involved in the Irish peace process. She had, I even had members of her family who had been killed by the IRA. Afterwards, after the peace agreement was signed, she met with the leaders of the people who were reputed to be involved in the uh, you know, shootings in Britain and everything else. She met with them. She was the first British queen monarch to uh, go to uh, Ireland since independence back in 1922 and basically said that the British had done many wrong things in Ireland. We uh, did things we shouldn't have done, and we didn't do things we should have done. So that, that meant uh, to me it showed that she was able to rise above it and uh, just be a a, a really solid leader, yeah. which all of our, unfortunately, many leaders today don't have. And uh, but you know, getting back to to the Haskells, you talk about the Haskell family. I mean, this we are talking about the Queen and the King.
But to me, this weekend is always 9-11. I'll be down there on Sunday at 9-11. It's, it's certainly, a, I think, a turning point all, all our lives. And you mentioned the Haskells. I mean, they lost two sons. Uh, that was Ken Haskell. His his, uh, his two brothers were both killed that day. Mm-hmm. And his Haskells, his nephew, was a cop. Ken Haskell was both a uh, FDNY and NYPD. So, I mean, it's a, that's a really a committed family. And uh, they really personify what 9-11 is all about. I agree. They're beautiful people. I love those people. And, you know, two months after 9-11, that plane crashed in Rockaway, right in my neighborhood, five blocks away. And the irony is, I've told this story a million times, we were on the Intrepid, and Imus was on the phone with Tom Ridge, who became the very first ever head of Homeland Security. And you, Peter, not only served Congress proudly on Long Island for 100 years, but you eventually joined that group as well, keeping the whole country safe. So that whole period, 9-11, that really changed your life both personally and politically, too. No, it really did. I mean, that basically became the focus of my last almost uh, 20 years in Congress. I mean, it was there for 28 years. And the last 18 of them, were, uh, my main focus was Homeland Security. I did become chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, and I led the hearings into uh, 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 Islamic radicalization, for which I was attacked by so many people. And so many of these phonies who claim to, you know, stand with the, you know, the men and women of 9-11, they were the ones attacking me the most when I was, you know, calling me a bigot and a racist, you know, for doing the hearings into, uh, uh, you know, Islamic radicalization in, uh, in this country. Uh, then, uh, so I focused on that, you know, the radicalization element, and then, you know, the 9-11 health care yep. and the 9-11 compensation. And it's a really, a, when you think that so many, probably more people have died, certainly among firemen and cops, from uh, 9-11 illnesses that actually died on that day itself. So this is a tragedy that continues with us today. And uh, yeah. I find it, again, I, I find inspiration from the cops, the firefighters, Port Authority, police, the construction workers. All, those, all the emergency workers who were down there, than I do from some of the politicians who try to wrap themselves in 9-11 but actually do very little about us. You know, uh, you're a hero for what you did, you and John Stewart, for uh, keeping that money out there for these people. But when you think about the enemies that day, you know, Mohammed Atta, Osama bin Laden, and, and who went out to become an enemy? But what you're saying, Christine Todd Whitman, she was a governor of New Jersey. She yelled and screamed, it's safe to be down there. Like you talked about, people are still dying 21 years later. She really became a, a, a villain in all of this, the governor of New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, they still have an account of why that serious mistake was made of sending people back down there. And, uh, again, without maybe they just want to get the country going again. I, I don't know. They would maybe realize how, how deadly all those toxins were because we never had something like it before. But to me, it's important. I mean, anyone today who was listening, who was down there before, I mean, during and after 9-11, please make sure you get checkups. We have a whole healthcare system set up because there are illnesses that are unique to 9-11, and you need special doctors to be able to track them and find them early and then track them and monitor them. And I don't know how many people I've run into who doctors have found something at a very early level, but it could have been fatal. And it's, again, directly related to 9-11. Also, I, I should say, and I'm saying this in a way of bragging about my uh, daughter, Erin. She actually was working for an airline at the time. Uh, uh, she was a lawyer. And on her own, she started uh, tracking uh, the records of the uh, 9-11 hijackers. And she came up with, without going into detail, some very significant information. And she was honored by the FBI for doing it. Wow. Erin, way to go. Erin King. So uh, yeah, She spent weeks at that until she, she became... Uh, 
totally obsessed with this. Wow. Just, uh, Wait. Track down some leads, which they hadn't found. And, and is she the one who lives in North Carolina now, your daughter? Yeah, yeah, she's down there now, awesome. yeah. Yeah, well, good job by her. Congratulations on that. Well, take me back to that, that day, about two minutes ago, Peter. Uh, we got to go yeah. back with all you guys, you, Rudy, Pataki, Daniel Nigro. Take me back to that beautiful Tuesday morning and what you were doing when that first plane hit. Yeah, I'll make it quick. Um, uh, Rosemary was supposed to drive. I was in Washington. She was supposed to fly down the night before because the White House was having a, a barbecue on Tuesday night. She was supposed to fly down Monday night. Because of the storm, she couldn't. She flew. was flying out on Tuesday morning. As I'm driving toward the Capitol, it comes over the radio about the crash. Uh, it was, uh, I guess it was 847. Yes. And uh, that she was on a, a 9 o'clock flight. So immediately we call uh, Delta, uh, US Air, I forget which one it was, uh, to find out uh, uh, where her flight was. They said oh, it's all so, so you're telling me Rosemary was actually in the air that morning? Well, we didn't know she was on a flight that was supposed to be in the air, okay, leaving gotcha. LaGuardia. Right, right, right. So we're trying to track her down. And then uh, but I still didn't realize how how uh, major this was. So I'm actually walking into my office, and I see a plane. You know, there's, there's a TV screen there, and I see a plane crashing into the World Trade Center. I said, wow, that's a large plane. They must have it on video. I didn't realize that was the second plane that was hitting. Then everything hit after that. Uh, the Pentagon was attacked. Uh, couldn't track my wife down for a good half hour, 45 minutes. She was on the plane. She didn't know what had happened. They kept them on the runway. And then my son was working at the Commerce Department. There was a, a rumor that the Commerce Department had been bombed. It wasn't, but all the phones were down. I couldn't get hold of my son. My son-in-law worked three blocks north of the uh, World Trade Center. He had to evacuate, he had to, uh, uh, run down 28 flights of stairs, left his cell phone behind, so we couldn't find him. So for hours, we didn't know where the family members were. Mm-hmm. We found them. I, I thought everything was fine, and you realize this. You know, 3,000 other people have died. Uh, that Friday, I went to uh, Round Zero with President Bush. That's what I was talking to Rudy that day, Bernie Eric that day. And then the following day, I guess Saturday, I went to a few, the first funeral with Rudy, the chief of the, of the fire department, Pete Gansey. And then after that, it was just a cascading of the funerals and wakes and memorial services, which really continued into the following April and May. Cause I know. Finding body parts. I know. They were still finding them. Yeah. yeah. So 30 seconds ago, my daughter's uh, 18. She's, uh, she's uh, going off to college. Uh, you know Ava. Right. And Gabriel's 13. They were not born. Ava was born in 2004. Gabe, 2007. If Peter King sat down again, you've done this before with them at dinner, with Ava and Gabe and, and had to explain to them in 60 seconds what that day was like and how New Yorkers specifically came together, how would you say it? It was the most sorrowful, dreadful, uh, dangerous day in the history of New York and the United States. But by the end of the day and by the next morning, it was the most heroic. It was United, It was New York leading the world in fighting terrorism. Uh, all those cops, firefighters, people who ran into the buildings, that showed so much courage and so much determination. That was the spirit of New York, the spirit of America. And that has continued to this day. And that, to me, was our worst hour and our finest hour. That is so well said. Uh, quickly, last 10 seconds. Are you down on George Bush, 43? No, I, I, I consider him a good friend. And I, okay. we, we, we have a long discussion on that. No, I, I was with him hours and weeks and months after 9-11 uh, working on all of that. And he was a – and I know also what he's personally done to 9-11 families that he didn't want to disclose at all. He would talk to them, meet with them, uh, console them a few years afterwards. Peter King, I love you. I tell you it every time, but I mean it. Great seeing you and your beautiful wife and Melissa on a Wednesday night. And I look forward to getting you back here in studio next week. This was an amazing appearance. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Shin. Thank you. You're the best. Peter King, folks, this guy, you know, let me tell you what he did for 9-11 people. Those people are getting money for a long time, 90 years because of Peter King.